Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I am so happy to be with you again today as together we can consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about facing anxiety head on. What I want to do today is unravel anxiety's many expressions. Anxiety is complex and sometimes overwhelming, as you can all attest to. If you are listening to this show, you understand how anxiety feels. But it's an overwhelming condition that can manifest in many different ways. Each has its own set of fears and challenges and terms that are used about it. So recognizing these different faces of anxiety can be helpful for developing effective strategies to cope with and overcome them. So in today's episode, we'll dive into some of the distinct presentations of anxiety and the labels people use to refer to them. That way, if these have been used about you or around you for somebody else that you know about or love and care for, you might understand it better. I get questions about this often in one-on-one sessions, so I thought we would go back over it again. I know I've mentioned these things, you know, here and there in different episodes. So, But I wanted to start with back when I was first struggling with high stress and anxiety, like chronic stress. I didn't know that's what I was struggling with, but now that's what I know that it was. Because this was back in like 1974-ish. And the language that we have today that we use to talk about this was not available Anxiety was not considered a medical condition. In fact, anxiety disorders were first included in the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, with its third edition, known as the DSM-3, and that was published in 1980. This marked a significant step in recognizing and categorizing various anxiety-related conditions as like distinct disorders within the field of psychiatry and psychology. That's what the DSM is used for. But since then, subsequent 
Editions of the DSM have continued to refine and expand the classification and criteria for anxiety disorders based on ongoing research and evolving understanding of these conditions. And I would like to say here before I get into, I think I have six of them teased out here for you from the big overarching umbrella of anxiety, what's underneath them, six little items here. I want to say that just because they keep adding new things to the DSM doesn't mean there are new things that are happening to the human being. And this is very real to me because in 1974, I struggled with exactly what you are struggling with but nobody called it anything except you're nervous. You have the nerves. What did you say? You're high strung. There were some things like that. Um, If you can't sleep, here's a sleeping pill. Nobody was going to medicate me during the day for it. Now, I will also say there was also not a lot of information like we have today. We have podcasts and books galore and programs and all kinds of things. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Because I think that the DSM, the last, I don't even look at it anymore, but when I was working in eating disorders, there was a lot of attention paid to where they were actually being diagnosed, and the DSM played a big part in that. And that was for insurance purposes. It didn't really have a lot to do with anything beyond that. The bottom line is that we're human beings, and we struggle with things, and the Everything we do can't be labeled. And the only reason I'm bringing up all of this around the diagnoses and the DSM is because it's very real in my client's world. People are being diagnosed or these terms are being floated around them. And it's good to understand what they're talking about. But what I want you to also know from my point of view is we are working on calming down our nervous system. If we could do that first, no matter what your diagnosis was, and I mean this in not just in anxiety disorders, but in mental illnesses altogether, if that could be like the first thing you do with people, like I heard a very forward-thinking psychiatrist say that, No one should be given psychiatric medications of any kind until they were completely free of caffeine. Now, when most of my clients end up in the psychiatrist's office, no one asks them about their caffeine intake. Like I said, this was a very forward-thinking psychiatrist who obviously had worked with people and seen the effects of going off of caffeine. But that's just going to show that there are a lot of holes in things in life, and we can take it all as information in, run it through our own filters, see where it settles with us, and go forward from there. So let's jump into the six topics I have here that are mentioned often in psychology and doctor's offices. Actually, you know, People just talk these terms, so let's see what they are and and what they really mean. Have you tried One Skin for your skincare routine yet? 
I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. So the first one I have is the panic disorder and agoraphobia. So panic disorder is, you know, when you are actually fearing the panic itself, you are panicked about your panic. And that goes underneath or with the agoraphobia, when this is where people are fearing the debilitating effects of their panic attacks. And now I know that's how you get into agoraphobia is you are so afraid. This fear drives people to avoid situations that might trigger an attack and inadvertently worsening the condition keeping them further and further away from life itself. So for instance, the fear of driving can be a part of this disorder and responding with avoidance strategies and constant vigilance only reinforces the anxiety. Confronting the fear gradually through compassionate exposure can help reclaim a sense of control a sense of ease with the situation. But I want to stress here that what I'm saying is through compassionate exposure, we don't need to re-trigger ourselves and send ourselves backwards because for some people that takes a long time to come back out of again. We want to be kind to ourselves, but we want to keep moving forward. The second one is social anxiety disorder battling the fear of embarrassment, so to speak. Social phobia brings to the forefront the fear of being visibly and irrationally anxious in social situations, leading to negative judgments from others or the thought of others thinking negatively about you. Avoidance becomes a coping mechanism and it intensifies the fear and the isolation. Again, you stop going to the trigger because you feel so uncomfortable. I mean, that's actually a normal reaction. Oh, it hurts when I put my hand in the fire. Don't put your hand in the fire. But we need to understand that with 
compassionate exposure we can get over some of these things once we have calmed down our nervous system. Overcoming social anxiety disorder requires stepping out, right, of the comfort zone and gradually exposing yourself to social situations. Again, but we do this compassionately. The third one is specific phobias, and this is navigating irrational fears. So specific phobias involve excessive fear of ordinary objects, situations, or activities. And avoidance, again, perpetuates the fear, limiting our freedom and enjoyment of life. The key is gradually confronting the feared object or situation through compassionate exposure, recognizing the narrow focus of specific phobias distinguishes them from other anxiety disorders. So this is super common that people are not, I mean, they're just like amazing out there in the world. Lots of things don't bother them. Things that we talk about on the show, many things don't even, they have nothing to do with their lives, but they have a very specific, narrowly focused, specific thing they are afraid of. And that is what makes it a phobia. Next up, we have obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. And this, we could call it wrestling with intrusive thoughts, right? OCD is characterized by intrusive distressing thoughts or obsessions that lead to repetitive behaviors, which are the compulsions. Okay, so that's where you can see they go together in an attempt to alleviate anxiety. So unfortunately, these compulsions often exacerbate the problem. This is just true with all of anxiety. It is this endless feedback loop. The more we think we're coping with it, the deeper we are digging ourselves in the hole. And treatment involves facing the obsessions without engaging in the compulsions, breaking the cycle and lessening their grip on their daily life. Again, it's sitting with the fear because with this intrusive distressing thought, let's say you have the thought that if you don't click the light eight times, that something bad will happen to you or to your loved one. I mean, the mind can make up all kinds, but it gets stuck and it's very specific. And that is learning to sit with the fear, the fear of that thought, of that possibility, like, oh, well, all right, if I don't do it, it's going to bring up a lot of fear. And of course, the people keep doing it over and over again, because they're in a hurry, they got to get to work, just flip the light and get going. But it keeps them in the loop because they have not sat with it and let that whole wave of fear and just utter discomfort crash over them. And you can't do it just once, it's over and over again. And we do this again compassionately, slowly, but it happens and people get through it. But again, we don't want to be uncomfortable and we get it in our head that, but if I do this, everything will be okay. And if everything's okay, then I can relax. But what we are doing is we are limiting our life and making our life difficult. So 
that is OCD. Next one, number five, is general anxiety disorder, otherwise known as GAD. And this is tackling chronic worry. Generalized anxiety disorder involves persistent, excessive worrying about all kinds of things, various and sundry aspects of life, leading to a constant state of apprehension. Now, this is where I lived. Constant state of apprehension. I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, no matter how wonderful everything was, I was sure, well, it's going to end. And what is that going to be? I always had the feeling of doom. And efforts to suppress these worries paradoxically make them more persistent. This is what I talk to you about over and over again, about trying to keep that beach ball under the water. A lot of people with generalized anxiety disorder like I had are very good about concealing what's going on inside. Like we look good on the outside. Maybe our close family might get it because they see us when we're tired, hungry, and all of that. So they they get a sneak peek behind the curtain. But for the most part, we look good to the world because we look like we've got it together. We're good at white knuckling it, but it doesn't help us get out of it. But techniques such as mindfulness and cognitive restructuring, which is like being, you know, we talk about some of that stuff here on the show about changing how we are thinking about a particular thing can help manage the distressing thoughts that are associated with generalized anxiety disorder. The next one is post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and this is confronting past traumas. Now, PTSD Believe it or not, some people still think it only is in reference to people who have been in combat or in wars or earthquakes, but PTSD is just like trauma in general, is in the eye of the beholder. This is very individual. Two people can experience the same thing. One can end up with PTSD and one not. This is individual. And PTSD emerges after experiencing or witnessing a traumatic event, causing intense fear and vivid memories. People often react to these memories as if danger is imminent. The process of healing involves reprocessing the memories through therapy, allowing them to lose their power over time. And people do really well with PTSD, using mindfulness as one of their tools. I have seen it many times. So, you know, we're going to conquer anxiety, right? You guys are all on the road to recovery. You are working at calming your nervous system and being able to understand where all of these things come from. And understanding that anxiety is often fear without actual danger is a pivotal step in addressing these various anxiety disorders. Approaching anxious situations with acceptance and allowing time to pass enables the body and the mind to find calmness. Floating through discomfort, acknowledging it without reacting impulsively, can be transformative 
And by responding calmly, instead of reacting with fear, you begin to break the cycle of anxiety. Remember, conquering anxiety is a gradual process. Being able to break free requires patience and effort. So seek out guidance and help if you need to learn the strategies to suit your specific needs. The goal is not to eliminate fear. Fear is a part of being human, but to develop a healthier relationship with it, allowing you to regain control of your life and reduce the impact anxiety has on your well-being. And now for today's quote. One of the greatest discoveries a man makes, one of his great surprises, is to find he can do what he was afraid he couldn't do. And that's from Henry Ford. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com. 